Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 18. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so they can feel secure about their family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Best in Wealth Podcast. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host. And this is a show dedicated to helping real people build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor, and I just want to thank you very much for tuning in today. I know you have a ton of choices when it comes to podcasts and radio and topics and everything else, so the fact that you're listening today is very, very much appreciated, and if you have any questions about this episode or any other past episode, please email me, scott at bestinwealth.com, or go to the website bestinwealth.com, and in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a button, ask Scott a question, click that button, and ask away. Well, Last week, we talked about New Year's resolutions, and I just want to know, or at least I hope that everyone who listened set at least one new money resolution for the year 2016, and if you missed the episode, go back, listen to podcast episode number 17, where I offer five money resolutions, and I hope that you choose one and take it into the new year. The topic today is going to be 10 predictions that you can count on to come true in 2016. But before we get to the topic, I just want to talk for just a couple minutes about the stock market. Last I looked, the stock market was not doing very good at all. In fact, I am recording this episode mid-morning Friday, January 15th, and the stock market today, at least the S&P 500, which is composes of the top 500 companies in the United States, is down over a percent and a half today. And the overall S&P 500 for the year is down over 8%. And I know that's got a lot of people out there worried. And for good reason, the stock market's not doing very well. Any money that they have in the stock market may be down 8% or more, maybe a little bit less than 8%. But I want you to remember two things. If you're investing in the stock market and you have not retired yet, I certainly hope you are still investing money on a periodic basis. Maybe out of your paycheck, there's money going into your IRA or your 401k every week or two weeks or every month. Or maybe it's this time of year to contribute to your IRA. 
The reason I say this is because this is a great time to be investing. The stock market is on sale. If you're putting periodic investments into uh, your investments right now, you are getting a great deal. You know what's really funny to me is we as consumers look for deals all the time. We want to buy clothes that are on sale. We want to buy our new big screen TV that's 20 or 30% off. We don't want to pay full price for anything except for when it comes to the stock market. Generally, people decide to invest more money in the stock market when the stock market's doing really good. When the stock market is at full price, there's no deal at all. Well, right now, We're coming off of our highs and we're off a lot of percentage points for our from from the stock market highs. So things are on sale. Now is the time to be investing. And the second thing I want to let you know that the reason you get a higher average return from the stock market is because you're taking risk. It's because of the volatility that you're witnessing right now. Stocks pay a higher average return than bonds because they're more volatile. They go up and down more, just like bonds are more volatile than cash. There is a reason you get paid a higher average return in the stock market, and that is because of the volatility and the volatility that you're witnessing and being a part of right now. If there was not any volatility in the stock market, if the stock market continued to go up day after day, year after year, well, then you wouldn't get a higher average return. And the stock market, on average, since 1926, has delivered over 10% per year. You would never, ever, ever get that if there wasn't volatility or risk. In the investment world, that's what risk is. It's defined as volatility. Defined even further, volatility is defined as standard deviation which is how far of a variance from the average return can your investments go. So keep that in mind, those butterflies that are in your stomach right now because the stock market's down a little bit, that's the reason you get paid. Cash, on the other hand, has averaged, and right now it's averaging nothing, but about a 3% return over history. There's a humongous difference between getting an average of 3% per year, which is basically keeping up with inflation and that's it, no growth, and 10% per year, a huge difference. So please remember that. And now let's get on with the topic of the day. All right, today... I am going to make 10 predictions that you can count on coming true in 2016. And I'm going to read a list that was inspired by an article uh, by a guy named Jim Parker who works for Dimensional. The new year is a customary time to speculate. And people are speculating in many different areas of their life. This week, it's playoff week for NFL football. There are 
four big games going on this weekend and people are speculating who's going to win and who's going to lose. People are speculating in all different areas of their life and speculation runs amok in investing. So many people are speculating mostly because they're asked. So at the beginning of the year, investment professionals or experts are asked how the stock market's going to do or how some particular companies might do. The cool thing is in the digital age that we're in, it's easy to look back and see how these predictions went. I love to collect magazine articles from past years. When we're in a time like we are right now and people are making predictions that we're headed towards the next recession, and we might be, or other people are making predictions that this is just a small correction and the stock market will get back on track, and it might, any of those two could happen. The great part is to look back and see how these experts actually did because that's when we can sit a little bit easier in times of volatility like we are experiencing right now. The disgrace that goes with making bold forecasts was highlighted in a recent newspaper article which listed many bad calls U.S. economists had made about 2015. These included getting the timing of the Federal Reserve's interest rate increase wrong, incorrectly calling for a rise in long-term bond yields, and even assuming an end to the commodity route. And for the broad U.S. equity market, for the broad U.S. stock market, 22 strategists polled by the Wall Street Journal estimated an average increase for the S&P 500 of 8.2%. These were predictions made at the beginning of 2015. The most optimistic individual forecast was a rise of 14%, and the least optimistic was a rise of 2%. Well, that was at the beginning of 2015. What happened? Well, here's what happened. Nobody that predicted the stock market returns for 2015 got it right. In fact, all 22 of these strategists predicted a rise in the S&P 500. No one picked a fall. But as it turned out, the benchmark, the S&P 500, ended marginally lower for the year. So are these experts experts or these experts making guesses because they're asked to make a guess? The same thing happened in the UK with a poll of 49 fund managers. They got it wrong. The same thing happened in Australia, points out this article. They didn't do much better. And it shouldn't be a surprise that economists can't get the broad variables right. It must be tough for stock analysts to pick winners, even a stock like Apple, which for so many years surprised on the upside. And this year disappointed most forecasters because Apple fell 4.6% last year. In Australia, there was an article of the top picks for 2015. It was published by a media outlet a year ago and included such names as Woodside Petroleum, Origin Energy, and Slater and Gordon, all of which 
suffered double digit losses in the past year. These were the top, their top picks for 2015. So my friends, it should be evident by now that setting your investment course based on someone's stock picks or expectations for interest rates, the economy, or currencies is not a viable way of building wealth in the long term. And if we have money in the stock market, it is for the long term. Anyone's investment horizon is up until the day they die. So even folks that are nearing retirement or in retirement still have a long-term investment horizon for the money that they have in the stock market for growth so that they do not run out of money in retirement. Markets have a way of confounding your expectations. So a better option is to say broad, be broadly diversified and with the help of an advisor, set an asset allocation that matches your risk appetite, goals, and circumstances. And that is your game plan, regardless of what the market is doing right now. If you can set an allocation that matches your risk appetite, your goals, and your circumstances, the chances of you being a winner rise dramatically. This isn't a set allocation that we all of a sudden think or read a strategist that says, get your money out of the market. Because we know if there's one talking head in one corner, there's a talking head in the other corner as well saying the opposite thing. We don't care. We are phasing all of that out because we have a strategy that's going to last for the long term. And the only thing that we have to make sure that we do is in these downturns that we stay the course because that will give us the greatest chance for success. Now, of course, this approach doesn't stop you or anyone else from having or expressing an opinion about the future. We are all free to speculate about what might happen to the economy and markets. I mean, it's the danger comes when you base your investment strategy on these opinions. In the meantime, if you insist on following forecasts, I am going to give you a list of 10 predictions you can count on coming true in 2016. You heard it, folks. You can count on these 10 predictions to come true in 2016. Number one. Markets will go up some of the time this year and down some of the time this year. Folks, nobody, not the smartest person in the world, has a crystal ball and can reliably predict when the market is going up and when the market is going down. Nobody. If somebody is, you run as fast as you can if they say that they do have that crystal ball. And if they did, let's say, for example, someone did have a crystal ball. Well, I'm telling you, they're not going to tell you what to do with your money because they are going to use their crystal ball and become a multi, multi, multi billionaire because they will be the real winners. They're not going to let you in on the secret. All right. Number two bold prediction that will come true in 2016 is there will be unexpected news. 
And some of this news, my friends, will move prices. They will move prices in the stock market. Some of it will be good news and stocks will go up and some of it will be bad news and stocks will go down. Number three, there will be acres of newsprint devoted to the likely path of interest rates. This is a hot one. Everyone's going to have an opinion this year on when the Fed will raise the interest rate. We went through it all last year, and most economists got it wrong. They thought interest rate hikes were going to start sooner than they did. And we finally had a little blimp of a rise in interest rate at the end of the last year. But people will continue to make predictions. Do not rely your investments on these predictions. Number four, there will be even more acres of newsprint on people speculating on China's growth outlook. This is another big one. So many people have different opinions on what is going to happen with China's economy. Do not base your investment outlook on these predictions. Number five, TV pundits will frequently and loudly debate short-term market direction. Why can I boldly predict this? It's because that's what they're doing all the time. The news media wants to get to your emotions. Why? Because when the news media gets to your emotions, you tend to watch more. When you're fearful, you watch the news more. You read more articles. You are more in tune. Because for some reason, as humans, we like bad news better than we like good news. And mostly, when predictions are going on in the news media, All they're doing is trying to predict short-term movements. If you are a long-term investor, and you are, you needn't worry about these short-term movements because there's nothing you can do about it except for make a bad decision at the wrong time and lose money in your portfolio. Don't forget that. It will continue to go on and on and on. TV pundits will frequently and loudly debate short-term market direction. All right, number six. Some economies in some countries will strengthen this year. Other economies in countries will weaken this year. This changes from year to year. I have a diagram that I like to show my clients and it it lists all the developed countries in the world and then all the developing countries in the world and it and it ranks them in how their economies did or their stock exchanges year after year after year. And what's great about looking at that is you see the randomness of which countries are doing good at which time. That there's no reliable way to predict which countries will do good and at which time. Which is why we set an allocation that is right for our goals and for our risk appetite. And we spread out our portfolio, not only over all kinds of companies, but over all kinds of countries and over all kinds of asset classes and over all kinds of sectors. That's how you build a broadly diversified portfolio. And when the countries do good, you will take part in those profits. All right, number seven, some companies in the U.S. and abroad will prosper this year. Other companies will falter. This again, my friends, change year to year. 
And here's the thing. When it comes to companies and predicting if a company is going to do good or do bad this year, is that company's stock price consists of all available information that exists about that company today. That is what makes the stock price, all the information. And everybody in this digital age has access to all of this information. The only thing that's going to move this price is new information. And guess what? Again, we don't have a crystal ball on what this new information is going to be. Some information about companies that come out is going to be bad and some is going to be good. That is what will move the prices. Number eight, parts of your portfolio will do better than other parts. And we don't know and nobody knows which ones will end up on top. That's why, again, we build a broadly diversified portfolio so that we're taking part in different areas of the world, of companies, of countries, of asset classes, so that you can take part in all of capitalism. And the key is here, folks, is not to look at each one of your asset class returns. The key is to look at the overall return because there's a reason why some asset classes exist within your portfolio. Let's take an example of the U.S. stock market, the S&P 500, for example, and real estate, real estate investment trusts. These both belong in your portfolio, but they don't move in the same direction at the same time. They're considered an uncorrelated asset class. That means one year when the S&P is doing well, say a 10% gain, well, then REITs might be having a bad year. They might be flat that year. But the key now is to re, if when you combine all of these unrelated, uncorrelated asset classes, that you reduce the overall volatility of your portfolio so that you have a portfolio that matches your risk tolerance, that matches the average return that you need. If my friend Bob is getting an average return of 10% on his portfolio and my friend Cindy is getting an average rate of 10% return on her portfolio, they aren't ending up with the same amount of money. The person with the least volatility in their portfolio will end up with the most money because when you suffer losses, it takes that much longer to get back to square one with a portfolio that has a considerable amount of volatility. So when you're looking at portfolios, two of them might both deliver a 10% average return. You look for the one with the lowest volatility percentage, and that can be quantified through standard deviation. But now these words are getting big, and I don't want to lose you. So just remember, the lower the volatility, the better. All right, number nine, bold prediction you can count on in 2016 is there will be a book that comes out that says... The rules no longer work and everything has to be changed. People are going to say, people are going to read books that say this time is different. Capitalism as we know it is over. Don't expect good returns in the stock market anymore. You might as well just get out. That happens, friends, every single year. 
And if you're one of those that really think that, and a lot of us do because we all suffer from something called recency bias. That means all we really consider is what's happened in the relative past, the recent past. We don't think about long range in history. We just think about what's happening in the last month or few months. So we start to buy into the idea that this time it's different. But if you suffer from that, you would be well served to look and read about past articles in other times of distress, times that we've been in war, times when inflation was at 13.5%, the Y2 uh, scare, okay, the Great Recession, go back to the 80s with the savings and loan crisis. All of that, any point in time when there has been bad news, a book has been written that says, this time it's different. You need to change all the rules. So I'm telling you right now, friends, if you're thinking that right now, look to the past because it is talked about every single year. And number 10, bold prediction of 2016, there will be another book that will say, Nothing has really changed, and the old rules still apply. Because for every naysayer, there's somebody that's positive about the market, okay? And really, when you look at the overall scheme of things, the rules haven't changed. We need to be broadly diversified, completely. We need to have a portfolio that matches our goals, matches our circumstances, matches our emotional risk tolerance, matches our risk capacity, all of it, and then be steady. Now, I know what you're thinking, so I'm just going to say it. You can see from the list that I made that if forecasts are hard to get right, you are way better off keeping them as generic as possible, just like a forecaster predicting wind, hail, heat, and cold all in the same day. Your audience, when you make predictions, should prepare themselves for all climates. Otherwise, you're going to be one of those people that we can look back on and say, wow, look what this expert did over and over and over again, made predictions that didn't come true. And the funny thing is, if you make enough predictions, you're going to get some right. And when you do, that's when the people write the books and say, see, look at me, listen to me. But we're best well served to look in the past at all of their predictions and see what the track record is. Let me put it this way. The future is always uncertain. There are always unexpected events that pop up. Some of these events will turn out worse than you expected. Some of these unexpected events will turn out better than you expected. The only sustainable approach to that uncertainty is to focus on the things that you can control. And if I could sum up this podcast in four words on something that you can control, my friends, it's this. When it comes to your portfolio, if you're feeling anxious, these four words, stay calm, carry on. That's what you need to do to be successful. 
I sure hope this podcast helped you. And if it, if you have questions, email me, scott at bestandwealth.com or go to the website, bestandwealth.com. Click in the upper right-hand corner, ask Scott a question. I would love to engage in some conversation with you if you do have a question. But until next week, you guys have a great week. Stay calm and carry on. And I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everybody. Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and, and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.